0: Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Monday, May 16th edition of the Basement Academy. After a very full weekend, let's uh, begin uh, a time together with a morning psalm, and we'll continue and really start to dive into our uh, reflection on the and study in the book of James. So, our uh, morning psalm, one of my favorites, Psalm 16. This is a psalm of David. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. I said to the Lord, You are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. As for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You have filled me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Amen. That last portion of the psalm gets picked up as fulfillment in the person, the resurrection of Jesus Christ uh, uh, in the book of Acts. When Peter preaches, he recognizes that that psalm was fulfilled when Jesus was raised from the dead. God did not abandon him to the grave. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. That's how the psalm begins. And so we find our refuge, our hope, our joy and strength uh, in the Lord. May it be so, Lord, may it be so for each of us. Okay, James. Let me read uh, the opening verses. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does." I'll stop there. What a way to begin a letter. Consider it pure joy when you encounter trials of many kinds. It, it's, it, it's, I think it's unparalleled in the way when we read these letters, Usually there's a greeting, uh, some remembrance, some appreciation for the relationship that is offered. James just dives right in, recognize. And so this is where we get a sense of the context of this letter is trial to the tribes who were scattered. We talked about that last week. So there's this diaspora, James, an early leader uh, in the church or a leader in the early church, uh, most likely the brother of Jesus who came to faith in Jesus later, right? And so he sees and knows that the church is in a season of opposition. And so there's been a scattering from Jerusalem as the persecution um, arose. And so he wants to begin by encouraging the readers that these trials that they are facing are not all bad. They're not all good, right? but they're not all bad. And so there's, there's a, a foundational understanding that, that comes here, and this is such an important um, set of verses. Finding joy in the midst of our trials. Now, typically what we do in trials is uh, we grumble, we complain, we whine. Um, we might blame others, right? So this is coming about because that person or the government or whomever We always look for somebody to blame for our misfortune, our uh, uh, season of adversity. And and James is trying to flip the script on this thing. Consider it joy, pure joy, when you encounter the trials. Joy is a little different than happiness. Joy does have an emotional component to it, right? And it's positive emotion, Right? So happiness is, you know, there's a lifted countenance. We have an emotional lift. There's some excitement. Um, It's funny kind of how to describe happiness. Joy is similar in its positive regard for life, but joy seems to transcend circumstances. Joy has kind of a deeper wider, longer aspect to it. Joy can be experienced even in the midst of the adversity, the sorrow. So um, uh, grief sometimes that joy will intersect with grief as we remember a loved one. And so there's there's a deep gratitude, an appreciation for the, what that person has meant in our lives and so there's still sorrow there's tears there's sadness but there's something deep that something deep is joy and joy seems to connect to something larger uh, in life happiness seems to be connected you know seems to be a little bit more like a butterfly it just kind of you know flitters around joy is solid it's it's foundational um, it's bedrock um, there's a basic Christian framework that, that um, James reminds us of okay? that adversity holds opportunity that adversity uh, difficulty, trial as he names it here though hard can also be good I believe the most um, fundamental way we understand this is in the gospel itself of of Jesus, the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so Jesus dies, and yet from that death comes our salvation. And so it, 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 it brings together, so the gospel becomes the foundation for our own understanding how to handle our adversity. And so Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, if there's any other way for this cup to pass, he knew the cup that he had to drink. The Father had a sign for him. You have assigned me my portion and my cup, Psalm 16. God assigned to Jesus the cup of, to drink the cup of wrath on behalf of, of humanity. And so God pouring out his judgment, pouring out his wrath on his son Jesus, rather than on the sinner's. So Jesus dies as the substitute, that adversity that he experiences. And then, of course, the resurrection. We're still in, in the season of Easter. And so Christ is risen, risen indeed. Hallelujah. And so that foundational understanding, that's the core of our faith. It's the foundation. It's the bedrock. It's ground zero for our faith, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that becomes a framework with which we understand, through which we understand our own lives, that the trials that we encounter, they may involve a death of sorts, a death to a dream, a death to a relationship, death to some opportunity, whatever the the, 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 the trial holds something else. It's not just all bad. There's something contained in it, and we certainly see that again in the death and resurrection of Christ. So, this adversity holding opportunity, it becomes a point of connection with Jesus. In our suffering, in our trial, we can recall his suffering, his trial. That that becomes a point of contact with the Lord Jesus. He understands what we're going through because he went through it. He went through it worse than we'll ever go through, right? Because most of the time when we're in adversity, grumbling, whining, complaining. We feel very isolated. Nobody understands what I'm going through. And that's part of what adversity does. It kind of separates us from community. Somebody comes to express their support. You don't understand what I'm going through. Jesus does. And so the first piece, the the, the blessing, the joy That a trial can offer is a point of connection, a a very existential human point of connection with the Lord Jesus Christ as he meets us in the midst of our trial. He knows he has suffered with us. And so we need to remember that and contemplate that. Second, James points out how the trial ends up testing our faith. How does he say it? Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and so the trial holds in it an opportunity to prove, to test, to, um, to deepen one's faith. I think how it works is that in the moment or moments or season of trial and difficulty, God's Goodness is called into question, typically, because what's the question most folks ask? Why, God? Why is this happening to me? Or people outside the trial observing somebody else. If if God was really good, he wouldn't allow such a thing to happen. And so the character and goodness of God is called into question typically in a time of trial, both by ourselves or by others who observe. And so there's a test there. Just because I'm having a bad experience, does that mean God is no longer good? Is the character of God dependent upon me always having positive experiences in life? That seems kind of strange, particularly when we know that God told us, told Adam and Eve, that if you eat that fruit, (laughs) you're going to die. Bad things are going to happen. God warned. And so actually, the adversity, the trials we experience remind us that we live east of Eden, remind us that God was good and truthful in the garden. Okay, so I can make a complete you know, an argument from the in a completely other direction that the adversity actually affirms the goodness and truthfulness and faithfulness of God. Okay, so first, the adversity, the trial, calls into question the goodness of God. And which one of us hasn't wondered about that? God, why is this going on? I'm your child. Deliver me from this. Keep me safe, O oh God, for in you I take refuge, right? So the goodness of God, the character of God is called into question by the trial. But secondly then, as we're wrestling with that, do I still believe that God is good even though my situation is hard? I am now confronted with a test. Two doors, am I gonna trust God or am I not gonna trust God? Am I gonna press on in faith or am I gonna abandon the faith? Door A or door B, that's the test that the trial brings to us. And it's it's, it's really embedded in every trial, every every form of adversity. We're called to keep trusting God. God, even though I can't see the end, I can't see around the bend in the road and I want this trial to end, and the, the way is really twisted right now, I choose to believe that you are good, that you are with me, that you are faithful, that your promises are true, that Jesus is still caring for me. That deep, So it deepens our dependence on God. We cast ourselves upon him afresh. Lord, I'm done. <laughs> I don't think I can go through with this anymore. You're going to have to carry me the rest of the way. And that's what the trial offers us that opportunity to cast ourselves and cast our cares upon the Lord once again. And something happens in that process that we cannot immediately perceive, but our faith deepens, it matures, it grows. And so I imagine like in a time of drought, the the taproot for the tree or the plant is going deeper and deeper and deeper, searching for water. There's got to be water down there somewhere. And so our faith in the midst of the trial, when we find ourselves in the wilderness, in the desert, we are parched. And all of a sudden we find that God has provided some manna for us. (laughs) And all of a sudden water comes from the rock. This is the experience of Israel in the wilderness. And so James writes out of a framework This this is a framework going back to Israel in the wilderness, right? Those 40 years, I I tested you. I led you there and I tested you. If you go read Deuteronomy chapter eight. And And then we see this of course in the gospel, the death and resurrection of Jesus. So, so, so we understand that. So there's a joy when we understand that this trial is going to deepen me. It's going to reveal God's goodness and character. He's going to prove himself. And my own faith is going to be tested and proven and refined and, and deepened. And so perseverance, the, the, the word that is, is translated here, perseverance, is an indispensable uh, quality or virtue of the Christian life. We need to develop perseverance. It is, it is what we lack the, those who, who just who just fall out of the race just just quit, who, who just you know, stop <laughs> believing or trusting, uh, those who just you know I, I don't think I can go on anymore. That's every human faces that challenge any number of points in our lives. The little child needs to develop perseverance with their homework, with their chores, um, with friendships. It's the quality, it's this kind of overlooked quality uh, to to the Christian life. Perseverance is not a personality trait, like introversion or extroversion, okay? You know, it's not like, I'm just generally optimistic, and so I can persevere. Oh, you're kind of, a half empty person. I'm half full, you're half empty, you know? Now perseverance is something that develops, it grows. It's not just a, a personality trait. Now, there are some that we look at, and boy, they just have a stick-to-itiveness, you know? But that came from somewhere. It came you know, from observing family members who persevered and then encountering their own trials they learned from maybe mom and dad that I can press on. And and get through this thing. Um, related words that I like: endurance, resilience, steadfastness. That's kind of a Bible word, right? My heart is steadfast, O oh God. My heart is steadfast. The psalmist says. And so to be steady. Right? That's at the root of steadfastness. I'm steady. I'm not. I'm not going to get too high. I'm not going to get too low. I'm just going to keep plodding and pressing along. This uh, sticktuitiveness, as I've, I've said, I, I like that. That language as well. You see this sometimes in the children. You know, they kind of stick their tongue out uh, and they keep working at trying to build something or you know, whatever, whatever it is they're, they're working on. Now, now, children sometimes struggle to have that perseverance, don't they? They don't get it right away, they get frustrated, they whine and complain and, you know, throw themselves on the floor. And so part of the work of life is to get that kind of childishness out of us where we get so frustrated, it doesn't happen quickly, God wants to develop perseverance and resilience and strength and steadfastness. Uh, Patient endurance is another way this is translated in in other parts of the Bible, the same concept. The patient endurance. I'm just going to hang in and hang in and hang in and hang on and press and press and just keep going. I'm just Going to put one foot in front of another and go and go and go. And so James is writing to a people who are, it sounds like, separated from their home. They're scattered now. Jerusalem maybe was the home. And so now they're scattered out there. And he's saying, press on, people. It's hard. It's difficult. It's a trial. Consider it joy. Something is happening in the midst of this because ultimately, as we know from other scriptures and other other realities, this place is not our home. (laughs) God has set for us another city that we will inhabit and dwell in one day. And so the, 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 the faith deepens in the midst of it. And so as we continue to trust God in the midst of our adversity, something transformative is happening We'll talk about this tomorrow. Perseverance must finish its work. There's a purpose to the adversity. There's a purpose to the trial. Someone who never encounters trials... in life and there are people for whom life has been generally favorable maybe their family circumstances with parents and the family they grew up in and the money they had and opportunities they were afforded did not confront them with many challenges and then somewhere in life a challenge comes and they're not prepared they're not trained they're not ready to handle that trial. They don't have the resources developed. And so thanks be to God for the trials and adversity that we meet along the way, because it enables that we can rely on the, hey, I've gotten through hard things before, I can get through a hard thing again. Can't tell you how many times, early earlier on in my life, adult life, and you know getting out on my own and meeting some challenges and got involved in ministry, and there are plenty of challenges in, in ministry that I would think back to my high school football days and I endured two a days and three a days, just physical endurance and coaches yelling at you and just fatigue and pain in your muscles and just you know crunching up. And I said, if I got through two a days and three a days, I can get through this. It was a kind of a mind game I played, a mind exercise, thought exercise that I would, hey, I've done a hard thing in the past. I can do another hard thing. And just over time, those kind of things, you you build a repertoire, you build a database to use some of that uh, current language of experiences that says, okay, I've seen one of these before. All right, it's going to take a few weeks and I'm just going to press on through it, you know? So anyway, just want to begin here understand the foundational reality. We'll, we'll, we'll go a little bit further tomorrow, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Uh, thank you that you uh, do grant us an endurance and a patience and a perseverance. And thank you that you're with us always. And thank you for the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus that becomes that point of contact, that, that encounter. And so, Lord, for sisters and brothers who listening to this are in a season of trial and adversity, Lord, grant uh, the spirit of power and endurance and perseverance and humility, but most of all, trust that they and I and we together may trust your holy name and your goodness that you will be with us and see us through this season and this difficulty to the other side and grant us a great joy in the midst of it. Father, we thank you uh, for... uh, all that you're doing in us, through us. And thank you for the prayer that our Lord Jesus has taught us, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you and grant you that steadfast, persevering heart this day and forevermore. Amen.